What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, and thank you for listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Uh, as I'm sure you can tell by my voice, uh, this is, once again, me, Doge. Just kidding, it's me, Jordan. Coming at you live from the future, back to the future, part two, that is. That's right, here in 2024, January, we're taking a little break for some creative juices to flow, to mingle in the pot and create a beautiful stew, and that stew is for your ears later. But for now, what we have for you is Back to the Future Part 2 recorded a couple of years ago for patrons only, but we decided to release it to you because as time goes on, the gates that keep all of the patron-exclusive content behind them get a little porous, and sometimes Back to the Future 2 slips out. And that's what has happened here. So we're excited to come back soon with brand new content, but for now, please enjoy Back to the Future. Part two. The biggest door of all time. <laughs> big door or big hinges is the real that's, question. That's a speak friend and enter door right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're listening to this, you are our friend and you may enter. We are so Please. thankful that you have tuned into this bonus episode of Two Chunks and a Hunk in which we will be reviewing a movie that I don't say the name of yet because we haven't said our names. <laughs> in mm. my name, of course, is Doge. And the time traveling is just too dangerous. 
Better than I devote myself to study the other great mystery of the universe. Chunks. <laughs> that was pretty good, Doc Brown. Thanks. <laughs> gonna have to change his quote, isn't he? This one. <laughs> this one's gonna have to change his quote, isn't he? No, do it. You do it too, and no, then we'll see who has the best no, Doc Brown. No, no. I'm Carter, and oh, this is heavy, Doc. I mean, it's like I was just here yesterday. You were here yesterday, Chunky. <laughs> Chunky. In which the role of Marty has been recast. Ian McKellen. Very sleepy man. <laughs> no, it was totally Gandalf. <laughs> Do not mistake me for some conjurer of cheap time travel. <laughs> Who's that third boy who hadn't said his name? <laughs> yeah, I had so much time and opportunity to get a word in that it's crazy that I haven't said it yet. Uh, <laughs> I am Jordan, and I, I don't I do not do quotes on this show. Sometimes I'm jealous. Like. Sometimes I'm jealous, but I like the you consistency. Can. You can if you want to. I like the consistency. I'm a chunk, though. Why are we all so chunky today? That's I what I was remember. about to. That's what I was about to ask. Because if you look at the artwork that accompanies this show, it does say two chunks and a hunk. But there's, there's something else. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are three chunks, and that's because you, our dear listeners, are the hunk. Mm-hmm. You have chosen, for some reason, against all conceivably wise financial advice, <laughs> to support our show that's right. and pay money to be patrons of this fine podcast. And we are so thankful. So Thank thankful. You. So very, very thankful. Thank very you. Thankful. To repay that debt that we owe you. We did watch a movie and we bring it to you now and offer yeah. it up at your feet yeah. and, and hope that this makes up for the money that we now owe you. <laughs> the movie, of course, that we're talking about uh, in this bonus episode is the second movie in a series that is living right here exclusively on Patreon. That movie is, of course, Back, Back to, to the, the Future, future Part 2. There's definitely a significance in making sure you're saying part two, right? Instead For sure. of Back to the Future 2. For sure. Yeah. Okay. That's a different movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Doge, I'd love to hear you uh, bump set spike yourself for yeah. uh-huh. a synopsis. Now, we all have a lot to say about this movie. <laughs> and we, we, can't, we definitely can't wait to get to that. But if there's one thing I do need... It's a synopsis from my good friend Doge. Mm-hmm. Synopatize me, Captain. Sure thing. This week's synopsis <laughs> comes from RCS0411 at emailprovider.com. Oh. Anonymity. That was Han Solo's robot, yeah? <laughs> Anonymity is not a high priority for RCS. Droid, my bad. This movie begins where Back to the Future ended, with Marty, Doc, and Jennifer going into the future to help Marty and Jennifer's children. After doing that, they return to 1985. But when they arrive, they discover that things are not as they remember it. There's a casino, which is owned by, of all people, Biff. Marty learns that his father was killed a few years ago, and his mother is now married to Biff. Marty meets with Doc, who thinks he knows what happened. Somehow, Biff got his hands on a book from the future, which has in it all sports results. And he used it to bet on sports and amass his fortune. Marty said he considered doing that, but Doc nixed it. Somehow the Biff from the future discovered about the time machine and Marty's plan and used the time machine to give his younger self the book. So they have to find out when Biff got the book so they can take it away from him. So Marty goes to see him and confronts him about it and Biff also tells him that he was the one who killed George. Marty and Doc then go back to, of all places, 1955 on the day of the school dance. Can't believe it. So Marty tries to get the book back while 
trying to avoid being seen by Doc's younger self and himself, who's getting ready to go back to 1985. (laughs) Oh, man. Marty at times gets the book, but when Biff calls him a coward, Marty gets incensed, which leads to him losing the book, so he has to try and get it again. Period. That's it. That's the end. That's the end? Ugh. Oh my goodness, RCS0411 at emailprovider.com. Sanapi Napi. That's a tough not, one. Not inaccurate, though. No, not inaccurate. To this movie. May not I inaccurate. super dump right Ooh, off the bat wow. for Back to the Future Dump part on them, dump on them. <laughs> I love that we always sing that song right before somebody super dumps. I'm trying new things. Today. It's my favorite. Patreon is where we try <laughs> new things. Parts of our show. It's my favorite thing that we do every time in our show. It's just like that dump on them, dump on them, dump on them. My super dump is the fact that honestly, it might be a dump on Zemeckis himself on the Mm. directing of this movie. Okay. It is as if all of the cast, except for Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox, were, were told, I need you to play your role as if Ace Ventura was playing your role. <laughs> These performances okay. are the wildest things I have ever seen, particularly Thomas F. Wilson, all the different incarnations of Biff and Griff <laughs> across the time stream. Not a one of them is even watchable. Like these but, are all hey, absolutely bananas performances. Counterpoint, <laughs> Biff and Griff rule so hard. <laughs> it's also it's also much like Channing Tatum's ears and origin in Jupiter Ascending, the worst and the best part of, right. yeah, of this movie to me. Sure. Absolutely. Because it, what's unfortunate is, I was trying to, like, so this was 1989. And yeah. there definitely was another movie around that time. And and granted, this is, our, this is my first experience with this movie. But it reminded me of when they decided to make a Ninja Turtles movie in 1990. <laughs> yes. It's just a big mess. And yes. we already yeah. have something yeah. that happened before that can bring back a certain nostalgia. What was so interesting for me about watching something uh, for the first time 30 years later was... I was missing, I felt nostalgic for a movie I had only watched one time, which was <laughs> right, Back to right. the Future. And it was, it really was, uh, it was a different breed of gimmicky to me. It was just leaning in. This stuff hardly ever works when you do it too much. When you start having you, you one person play too many roles, yeah. it becomes Nutty Professor for me. <laughs> it becomes... <laughs> I don't know. It, it just gets to be a lot. But I definitely did pick up on Nutty Professor vibes when all of Marty's children are played by Michael J. Fox. Yeah, yes, how which about was kind Michael of J. Fox playing his own daughter? Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, my super pump is the iterations of Biff. It's the most ridiculous thing. It's he's could not be a worse person. Like, it's one thing to have someone like Jack Nicholson in Departed and be like, wow, how awful. There's no one else yeah. on earth this bad. But to do it this way was just like, what? You what? killed his dad? You're, you're like <laughs> taunting him that you're going to kill him with the same gun? It's so ridiculous. Dude, so yes. two things for you, Carter. Two things. One, my super pump is all the biffs. <laughs> I love Biff and Griff and young Biff and old Biff. I love Biff. So there's that. Number two. Biff is ridiculous. If you yeah. like Biff, 
You're gonna love the third movie. That's true. <laughs> I think I realized. I think I've realized that I like the third movie better than the second movie. I hadn't critically. I had yeah, it's certified fresh as like eighty yeah. uh, percent. I think for the third one, the second one was like fifty nine percent. Yeah, and two and feels the first like it exists like to be a setup for the third one. Very much the exact same as the first three Pirates of the Caribbean. Where it's like okay. two two is essentially a trailer. It's it's our setup for three to happen. I love yeah. two though. But two was great. Parts of the Caribbean? Are, yeah. Are you comparing them in terms of how good they are comparably I'm comparing to them the other in two? terms of I think Pirates of the Caribbean Dead like a, a sequel that doesn't really have an ending. Oh, like right. Dead Man's so two towers. doesn't have an uh, ending. Two towers, two towers has an ending, doesn't it? Yeah. But we does. don't like we don't actually land really very many of our plots. Yeah. Like major cliffhanger wise. Yeah. Uh, in, That's in like Twilight New Moon. I have no memory of any. I just have like <laughs> in my brain, there's one big It's almost like it was all Twilight. a dream. <laughs> um, so riddle me this. Mm. Were they filming both of these movies, yes. two and three, at the same time? Yes. Yeah. I could so not believe up- the three minute reel. I turned it off. Yeah. So I stopped watching because it was Good. showing so much of three. Good. I'm glad you're I was like, why are, we, why are we doing, why are we doing this? So I don't want to do see this. the text that said coming summer 1990. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, yeah, for so real. This came out in November of 1989. Uh, and then part three came out in May of 1990. Super okay. close. Yeah, yeah. So the scene, the scene where um, Elizabeth Shue, who is now playing Jennifer because yep. OG Jennifer stepped away from acting. Um, the scene where Elizabeth Shue uh, gets uh, laid uh, to Sleepy by on her front porch, uh, I believe that they filmed a follow-up to that scene that happens in three, like immediately after. Like they just like had Marty go change clothes pretty much. And then- It's where like, they got filmed. the idea for Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. To do mm-hmm. them all at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. read that. Um, Have you guys seen the like side by side comparison of the end of Back to the Future one and the beginning of Back to the Future two? They they reshot all with Elizabeth Shue, yeah, like completely matched everything and just recreated it with Elizabeth Shue. It's pretty crazy. She wasn't in the nope nope. It's a different Jennifer. Yeah, the first Jennifer's mom got real sick, so she stepped away from acting for a little bit. She came back in like 2012 or 13. Oh wait, I'm I'm getting it. Wow, I'm getting this confused with Karate Kid. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, as oh, as strange as that yeah, sounds. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, we I was just like, saw no, she is Karate in the original. Kid. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. So now in stark contrast to Karate Kid, in which Daniel San looks like a high schooler, <laughs> Marty McFly <laughs> looks 35 in yeah. high school here. Yeah. Yeah, he wow. looks old. Can I, I'm just going to go ahead and super dump and then the rest of the time for the rest of the podcast, I'm just not going to talk anymore. Yeah. Um, Finally. My super dump is wow. that Jennifer is involved in this even remotely. And I know that they painted themselves into a corner with the end of one and they had to figure out a way to get her out of this story so that they yeah. can continue being the awesome adventures of Marty and Doc Brown. But the fact that Jennifer is here at all is so dumb because they just knock her out for 95% of the movie. Yeah. Zemeckis even says that. He's he's quoted as saying, like, if I knew I was going to do a Back to the Future 2, I would not have had Jennifer get in that car and go off to the far-flung future of 2015 with Doc Brown at the end of the first one. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's given virtually nothing to do. Elizabeth Shue, all she gets to do is be surprised it's, in this movie. Yeah, it's so blatantly, uh, we don't know what to do with her. Right. Um, She's sleeping. Yep. There was a, 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 I thought it was pretty clever when she met her older self and they both said, I'm old, right as they passed out. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Good yeah, I catch think, by Chris there. I think it's great. I, the, I struggle with when watching a movie like this, not dying laughing at the visions of the future that they had in 1989. This is 2015. Did you know? The 80th, the 80th 2015. There is a, there is a like little short film with Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown that, that explains why our 2015 doesn't look like the Back to the Future 2015. No. Yeah. There's like a little short film of Doc Brown going back and like, stopping I don't I don't remember exactly what it is but it's like essentially he stops the production of like personal nuclear fusion reactors that you he can said have they in all your house. go off at once they all malfunction at once thanks to a software thing and it causes a worldwide nuclear holocaust so he goes and stops them from being created which is why we end up with our version of 2015 which yeah. just had gangnam style yes actually that was 2012 <laughs> that's all <laughs> Uh, every single vision of every single era is the most 80s version of that era. For like sure. The, For the sure. alternate 80s, the Rich Biff 80s is just Gotham City from The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Like completely with the, get wow. the slice and dice gangs. You know what I'm yep. talking about? It's yep. just, it's slice wild. That's funny. It is, isn't yeah. it? And, and the Biff Hotel, the huge Biff Casino and Hotel kills me. Um, I think, so what is it? I read the trivia. Uh, Marty says the same thing to his mom. Every, yeah, it's the whole like, in every, mom, 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 is that you? Is that you? And his oh, Marty, daughter. you've been asleep for hours. Yeah, and his daughter yeah. says the same thing to Elizabeth Shue, to Jennifer, to young in Jennifer. the house. Yeah. Yeah, there's just, that, that kind of fun stuff. And that, to me, that, that stuff, like the, the fun stuff, the self-referential like cycle of spiraling that happens is what keeps this movie from being terrible. Yes. And still absolutely. lets it be really fun, even though it is not very good. Even though it is objectively a bad movie, it's right. fun to watch because of how, I mean, that's my super fun. How it's like, it's really tightly constructed. The, the yeah. notable error is that Biff is able to return to 2015 Prime from the past that he altered. Although I- Oh I, yeah, I, that's I, true. If I understand correctly, there is a Big Bang Theory episode that explains that. So let me just say right here, Bazinga, and then we can move on from that. Bazinga, wow. baby. My favorite show of all time. Definitely worthy of all the awards that it got. It's so good, probably. I've watched but two Sheldon, episodes ever. Sheldon the Nerd figured that out, so we don't have to talk about it. But uh, it's just, it's really, it's fun at the end once we start to get, oh, we have two Martys and two Docs looping back through the same events of the first film. Yes. Yeah. That's really, really fun and really clever. Very the way Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My favorite piece of trivia about this movie and about the first um, Back to the Future, I guess, as well, is when Doc Brown is talking to his 1955 self, um, he has on the like brown trench coat and the hat and the bike and all that stuff. And he tries to walk away without being seen in that same scene in the first one, not intentionally, but 
um, somebody dressed just like that is hustling away from Doc Brown in the middle of the street. And so it kind of worked out. I'm sure they chose his That's costume so based on that sure. person. Sure. Um, but that I love stuff like that. Just like yeah. ways that you can go back and understand that they are cycling through yeah. all of this, this stuff at the same was time. all happening in the background of the one we just watched. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Totally. As, as so our fun. representative sports boy, I, I can't go by without at least acknowledging that one thing they almost did get right about 2015 was the Cubs winning the World Series. Yeah. It would happen a year later than that, but still, the fact that they predicted within a year of when it would happen, yeah, which was 108 years after their first, the last World Series they had won, uh, which was was pretty fun, and that was a, always that was a huge deal when the Cubs were in the playoffs. Yeah, in 2016, the Cubs the, are the, the goat, references. right? The curse of the goat. That's them. That's them, yeah. Okay, that's one of my favorite sports things ever. Yeah, so strange. It's just an angry farmer <laughs> cursing Brings a team this, for it. Yeah, it's basically an, also somewhat an A24 movie somehow. But yeah, yeah. for real. Yeah. The, uh, now, it's funny that you mentioned Ian McKellen, uh, Carter, earlier this episode, because we do have an appearance from another member of the Fellowship of the Ring in this <laughs> yeah, very movie. Yeah, that's right. That's a little baby, tiny Elijah Wood. It's Elijah Sapling. He's it's so kinda- small and young. <laughs> Elijah Sapling is just the cutest. Yeah, he's yep. adorable. I just watched his Hot Ones, which, by the way, might might be a favorite Hot Ones. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's very, very good. What was he on for? Was it recent? Uh, he was to promote No Man of God. Uh, the Ted Bundy movie. Yeah. Yeah, where he plays the FBI that. agent. Yeah. I heard of that. Looks good. Elijah told me to watch it, and his mouth was spicy when he did, so I think I have to. <laughs> spicy mouth. Spicy mouth. It's my favorite version of Elijah, Spicy Mouth Elijah. Yeah, don't they sing Don't they sing All Star? Mm-hmm. Spicy mouth. <laughs> Man, we got that. We got that. <laughs> that Patreon bonus episode joke. For real, for real. We're so much Woof. funnier. We're so much funnier funnier in the bonus space. So we know we know about uh old, old Crispin absolutely yeah. hating this. Well he right? wasn't because he wasn't in it. He didn't want to be in it. Uh and that's why they made Marty's father be dead. Uh but, well the guy it, playing his dad upside down is not even Crispin Glover. Right. That's why they put him upside down. So it's harder to recognize. <laughs> Gosh, it's just so much. Ugh. There's just so many bad decisions in this movie. Yeah. 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 So much cleanup that's just like, you really think you can get away with that? It's like Chelsea and I are going to like say we're going to host people over at the house. And we've been talking about cleaning the house for a long time. And she comes in and she's like, are you serious? Like that's, un- you just put things under things. Yeah. It's like, that's not clean. That's not like you're just covering up. All the dishes are under the couch. The coffee ring. You're just covering it up. If Look, see, when I move this coaster, it's still there. That's not, our definitions of clean are different. So, Do you guys use coasters yeah, they, in your house? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you came over to watch uh, Prince of Thieves, I remember more than once putting the coaster that was next to your drink under your coaster, <laughs> Jordan. Really? Uh-huh. I don't, I don't remember that. I don't see a world where I would put a drink not on a coaster if a coaster was put in front of me. Sorry, dude. That world is uh, right here in my house. I'm with him. I'm with Carter. Hashtag I'm with him. I believe him. <laughs> Thanks for coming forward, Carter. Maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was somebody else. Maybe it was Nana. Sounds, seems sound like, like a thing Nana, Nana would do, yeah. yeah. So is this movie, it is bad. Sure. This is not yeah. a controversial statement. Right. 
Is it the best B movie? Mm. No. I don't think it's what a is? B movie. It's not a B movie. I feel like that's what we're aiming for, though. Like, tonally, I feel, I feel like, like we're going where for we that kind accidentally of So you don't think, you don't think, like, the cheesy, schlocky, like, the crappiness is intentional? Not in a not B movie way. Okay. No, not in a satirical B movie way. So how did we go wrong then? Because I, I feel like this virtually completely lacks the charm of Back to the Future Part 1. Well, it's because it cannibalizes its own charm. Hmm. This I, movie relies I, on the charm of Back to the Future Part 1 yeah. to carry it. What successful time travel themed movie came before Back to the Future? Is there one? Not one I can so. think of. No. It feels like, because, you know, we talked on uh, our recent Ocean's Eleven episode that it was like this thing that now becomes all compared to Ocean's. Sure. Yeah. Because it's like, we okay, we finally found out the perfect formula for introducing the squad and introducing the, the, the lift, the heist, the steal. I think with Back to the Future, I mean, time travel is a huge thing in movies. It is a yeah. sacred thing. Yeah. Uh, Avengers Endgame would tell you that uh, there's a lot of references to how it's done well. We do it as a joke, but it, we also bring up things like Back to the Future because we have to mention it when we talk about time travel. It's in the name. There's hardly any of the other ones that are in the name. Um, but I think they got it and they did it really well. It was like a first shot, 1980, what was the first one, 87? 85. 85, 1985. And you pull it off to where it's like, believable and charming and so then they're like <laughs> and then they're like let's do this and they go into the lab yeah. and they're just doing the hell out of it they're just yeah. ringing it out they're doing way 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 too much and it's over the top i think that's what happened yeah i think i think you're right i think i think they got in and they're like okay okay yeah okay so if we can do this why don't we go into the future, okay, but then let's go back and we can tie this together and we're going to have them meet each other. And, and I think they're just high on, enamored by the concept of time travel in movies that they just do it to death. It's yeah, just yeah. so messy. Yeah. But it's a blast to watch though, is the I had thing. fun. I really Somehow did. it circles back from being, it's, it's almost a so bad it's good yeah. vibe yeah. to me yeah. with this. I think it might yeah. be so bad it's good. Even like one of the funnest things is when it is cannibalizing its own nostalgia. Like when we get the, it's now the hoverboard around the middle of town and yeah. we're back in that same diner and um, Goldie. Um, Goldie the third. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know when, when it's, when it's cannibalizing all of its own jokes and nostalgia and using, uh, <laughs> using its, its, uh, old friends to feed its new friends and and all that's when it's the most fun. Yeah. When we're seeing like, I, I think the three cool, like funnest things about this movie are the vision of 2015. All of it. The whole time we're in 2015 is a blast. Yeah. I think it is the new and uh, worse version of 1985. Mm -hmm. And then it is are familiar, but now behind the curtain version of 1955. Like the yeah. eras themselves 
are the most interesting thing about this movie and make it so, so fun. I love Jaws. What is it? Jaws 29. It's Jaws 19. 19. Yeah. The the hologram that (laughs) munches on. By the way, I remember as a kid thinking that was so scary. It looks horrible. It looks unbelievably bad. It looks like Nintendo 63, not (laughs) even 64. (laughs) I remember as a kid thinking it was so scary. I love the jacket and the Nike shoes. I would actually, those shoes are very cool. They made them. Nike made them. Uh-huh. And they, they donated all the funds, every every bit of profit they made from those shoes, they donated to Michael J. Fox's Parkinson's Research Fund mm-hmm. that, that he runs. Yeah. Um, Which, incidentally, self-lacing shoes are a great thing yeah, <laughs> for folks with Parkinson's. True. Like, that's, that's really awesome. That is really cool. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Um, I, I've decided that what doesn't make this a B-movie for me, and I think one of the things that makes this movie so like actually bad, is what I ended up doing, how I chose to consume the rest of that experience at whatever time that came, 30 minutes in, 40 minutes in, how I chose to consume that is not, I don't think, how the producers of this movie wanted me to right, consume it. right. There was a point to where what really helped me enjoy it is to not care anymore. Yeah. Uh, what helped me to enjoy it was to not try and connect the dots anymore. Just to lean in or lean back and just have fun. Go for the ride. Whatever. I'm just going to just soak this up. Sure. Because yeah. the things that make Back to the Future so great and work so well is this kind of like aha moments of like, oh yeah, oh, that's brilliant. What a great idea to go back and do this. So- I, but I don't think when they're making the movie, they're like, and then around here is when we can just really lean into how awful Biff has become. Right. Yeah. And he's going to, we'll have him, we'll have him try and kill Marty and all that kind of stuff, just like how he killed George. Yeah. Right. George. And, you know, it just becomes this, uh, this mess that I don't think they thought it was the kind of mess they wanted it to be. If that sure. Makes sense. Yeah. The, I think the family dinner scene is, is absolutely one of those things that is much better in concept than an execution. Yes. Because in execution, it is it is nigh unwatchable with every single person all talking at the same time, all doing bad versions of their real voice. <laughs> it's like, it, it feels like bad improv. Right. Mm-hmm. I just want to turn this off. Like Marty's old parents are one of the worst things I've ever seen in a movie. But they circle yes. all the way around to, <laughs> I actually really want to see more of Marty's old parents because they're so bad. Right. <laughs> there is, I'm looking it up right now because I want to make sure I get the phrasing right. You know what? You know a movie that actually did do it well? Mm. Uh, a bit of time travel was probably, and it's. I think it's controversial because I think y'all don't like this movie, but or, or it is overrated. Uh, what's the name? Oh, It's a Wonderful Life. You kind of get a, a yeah. what would it look like? Uh, it, again, there's not versions of yourself in that. You're sure, but like, like an dead. alternate This is if you're dead. Yeah. This is if you actually jumped off the bridge. It did do but, a good job. I just think the movie's boring and bad. Yeah, it felt like it got into, um, especially when, it, it just becomes a soap opera. When we go back to 85 and Biff has taken over. Yeah. Uh, 
when mom is like, it, it got too serious. The whole time we're in his oppression of of yeah. of Mrs. McFly was just weird. It was yeah. awful. The whole time we're in Biff's Trump Tower thing, it's just like it's. I was so bored during that part. Oh, I thought it was funny. I was completely bored by that. I thought it was funny. Yeah. I thought it was dumb. I, and I thought it was stupid. funny. And funny. Um, I just looked it up. I wanted to make sure I got it right. In uh, the scene in 2015, uh, when Jennifer is in the future McFly home, Marty Jr. watches six TV channels at the same time. Uh, picture in picture in picture in picture in picture. You know, that kind of thing. Um, on one of those is an ad for Bottoms Up brand uh, super inflatable tit. Cool. Which is for uh, a, a breast augmentation for that last minute adjustment, it says. Oh. The super inflatable and then in all caps, TIT. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, okay. That is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just love this vision Between- of the future where everything is horrible. All the time. It's like bubblegum cyberpunk, this version of the future. Yeah, Uh, totally. But between the tit ad and uh, Marty's mom's whole situation in 1985, I think we might be uncovering some sort of secret Zemeckis desires that he might not. He might not have been super forthcoming about when writing this movie. Like a Tarantino feat situation? Sure, yeah. It's a Freudian Freudian manifestation. (laughs) Sure. Sure, yeah. That's, That's possible. That's that's very possible because there's actually, I think a lot of, in the future, there's a lot of like breast augmentation plastic surgery references all around. Mm -hmm. There's like a box of implants somewhere. (laughs) So like caution silicone or something like that. Jeez, Zemeckis. This this boy nasty. Zemeckis getting nasty with Back to the Future this too. This boy nasty. Back to the Future. Back to the Future Part. Ew. <laughs> you know. You get. You do you know what I mean? No, I get it. Yeah, I get it for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, here's a question: How did Biff, old Biff, know how f- to work the time machine? Shh. No idea. <laughs> Shh. Yeah, that's valid. Be smooth. Here's here's another question. How, and here, this is important, did after, I don't know, let's say the third huge payday that 1955 Biff made with his sports almanac was the, like, some sort of commission, not like, hold the phone. Let's not let this guy gamble anymore. anymore. You can't anymore, Biff. Yeah. Uh Follow-up question. How is Christopher Lloyd still able to walk upright after putting the entire weight of this movie on his back <laughs> in 1989? Every time Doc Brown shows up, it's like it's a better. breath of it's a breath of fresh air in this yeah, movie. Like hundred percent. We talked before about how forgettable Michael J. Fox is. Sure. Uh perhaps replaceable is a good word. Like we can get any kid in in 85 to do what he's doing here. Yeah. I think you um, said that. I don't know that I said that. I don't I know that, that I agree with that. I think Carter said that. Maybe that's right. I, I tend to lean that direction. I think he's iconic now in retrospect, 
But at the time, I don't think Teen Wolf's doing anything that Ferris Bueller couldn't do. That's fair. Um, but like that gap to me becomes even more clear between Christopher Lloyd and the rest of the cast, honestly, in Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah. Uh, Doc Brown's complete zaniness, his Ace Ventura-ness feels appropriate. Yes. But when everybody's Ace Ventura, nobody nobody's yeah. Ace Ventura. Yeah. Thanks, Sandra. Uh, but he was he was a huge particularly, I mean, the standout Doc Brown scene is of course the <laughs> the logical uh expansion of our potential Doc Brownness when we have two hundred percent of the Doc Brown that we usually do on the screen at the same time. That uh this movie, there's three or four big scenes where an actor is interacting with themselves. Yeah. It's the first time that had ever been done in a movie. They had to develop the process specifically for that. Cool. And it looks pretty wonky a lot of the time. That Doc Brown um, scene looks really good. Unless you it's, look behind the light pole. Yes. It's really very good though. Uh, and, and the way that they've done this is, is completely ingenious of exposing like that part of the film and then going back and running the scene, matching the camera movements, doing it exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. Just with the actor on the other side of the frame. It's really, really cool. Yeah. It feels like the Back to the Future franchise so far was this kind of testing ground for like trying, sure. trying this out, right? We're, we're trying time travel in a new way. Now that we've done that and it's been successful, let's let's literally try uh, new tactics, which are going to end up being both things that are used often in movies. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I think it's like Star Wars in that way, where it's like mm-hmm. equal parts like a story, a franchise, and like tech demos of like let's see if this is possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think. <sighs> Whenever I watch a movie like this, especially when it's a sequel to something that rules, I'm, I always feel conflicted, specifically in the sense of part of me is like, don't touch a good thing, leave well enough alone. And then the other part of me is like, dang it, Robert, keep on reaching. Keep swinging for the fences. Yeah. Because then you end up with three, which I, I like a lot. And I think it takes the zaniness of two and gives yeah. purpose and reason to it. It's like it's like one it's like two learned all the wrong lessons from one and three learned all the right lessons from two but since they filmed simultaneously what it tells it didn't have me time to learn the lessons right yeah. what it tells me is that two was always intended to just be a setup for the movie he really wanted to make yeah. which was back to the Doc future Brown in the old west yeah. bingo yeah. i think yep. uh, a good representation of what this movie does is just in the delorean alone is that yes it looks cool when the delorean flies now but Nothing will change seeing the scorched tire tracks Agreed. of right. this car. Like it is never going to be cooler than it was in the first one. Right. Um, right. But I get it. I get why we're up in the air now because it's 2015, right? Cars sure. fly. <laughs> sure. I remember that. Well, no, you don't because came- the the homemade the the consumer level Mr. Fusion Mr. All Fusion. Blew up. Um, I think this movie is a great, like just a great example of a sequel to a movie. And I, that sounds like a joke. Good man. Like, yeah, no. Of all the of all the sequels, Back to the Future Two is definitely one. I of think them. it's a great but, example of putting actors on a screen with a camera, and there's like a soundtrack. <laughs> I didn't want to say this because I knew you guys were going to do this. <laughs> I haven't done anything. Um, I always know my him. boy Wonders is going to go in there and spit, <laughs> so I'm just in the background. <laughs> Drop the beat. <laughs> Boy Wonders on the track. Um, <laughs> Pretty cool name, honestly. Yeah, it is actually a really cool name. Um, but like, I think this this 
to me, is the perfect example of a modern sequel that tends toward excess more than it tends toward finesse. Nice. Um, and I, I think that it's, it's, it's lost a great world. example. Do what? It's lost yeah. world. Yeah. It is absolutely lost world. It is like, it's Iron Man 2, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's Matrix 2. Yeah. Right? But it might be Temple of Doom, to be honest. I think it's Temple of Doom as well, where it's wow. like we as studios are beginning to learn, hey, you know what? If people liked the first one, we can just print money by making another one of these yeah. films. Especially if, especially if like 25% of the first movie is contained within the sequel. Mm. Like to me, this is this is the most surefire bet that a studio could ever make. Yeah. yeah. They liked the first one. For sure. Let's just do it again and use a bunch of the same stuff. And it's sort of, I think we're even finding that it's hard to talk about the fact that this isn't that great. The first one was right. awesome, but we do feel a sort of loyalty to the franchise of like, well, like give it the benefit of the doubt because the first one was so good. Sure. Whereas if the first one had been this quality, we wouldn't even be doing this series on Patreon. No. We would just think it's those bad time travel movies that came out in the mid 80s, right? But there's a certain, we talked about it on our Black Widow episode too, where sequels and entries in franchises are completely inoculated against criticism because of goodwill audiences have toward previous entries in the story. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's why we're still getting Jurassic Worlds, even after <laughs> every single one of them after Jurassic Park has been not great. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't it magnify the anomaly, though, that is The Empire Strikes Back? It absolutely sure. does. Sure, yeah. I mean, it is because, the rare sequel that's better you know, than the original. Three of the five movies we mentioned that do something in excess and not well have a lot to do with Spielberg, who's one of our favorite directors. Yeah. And then it's just funny that Lucas, who feels like this off-the-kilter uh, mad lad, who, of course, ends up doing prequels that are pretty doo-doo. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, I, I can't get over the... We talked about perfect storms for some things in Ocean's Eleven, but gosh, the, the number one perfect storm is just the balls of putting together yeah. Star now, Wars. Now, could, could this be the difference between a planned sequel and an unplanned sequel that we're really talking about here? It, so, it could be one, like, of the, one of the, when you, yeah. When I mean, one of the is not a planned sequel. Could be a vice. Yeah, that's fair. I, 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 guess, I guess what I'm saying is you, more frequently you are looking at a planned sequel or a planned trilogy, that middle movie being better than making a movie and then deciding that you're going to make a sequel. Yeah. So how does, or maybe it's, it's just so the interesting. It's a me. story that that needs that needs a sequel that yeah. demands a sequel versus creating more. Yeah. I think that's interesting thing. though because I think Tobey Maguire's Spider Man Two is better than Spider Man One. I agree. Spider Man Three is another case study of a sequel that tends toward excess. Yeah. Right? Where it's like we know this what's, is going to print money, so let's try and print as much as we can. What's yeah. funny too is it feels like the uh, to me. The the normal rhythm, so whatever happens the majority of the time when we're talking about multiple movies in a franchise, the normal rhythms are the first one was something that blew us away, right? The first right. one is is uh, becomes the actual tick on the timeline of, of what we go back to and reference in history. And then we kind of screw up the middle, no matter how much of those there are. But then there's there is something about this expectation. Like when I'm watching... I've seen all the Matrix movies, but when I'm watching Matrix Resurrection and watching that movie that's going to be coming out, why do I feel like it's going to be good? 
Because right. I guarantee you, I saw trailers for two and three and we're like, great, here we go. Churn it along. It's going to be great things. There's something that happens when we, it feels like we learn. <laughs> we learn, but we still love it enough to come back and try one more time, right? Like there's Open ourselves thing that's up like, to getting hurt again. Yeah, let's just, sure. okay, yeah. let's, okay, let's yeah. try. Let's do it. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a new Back to the Future, yeah. right? Like if, if we made a new Back to the Future and part of the promotional thing is we're returning to the roots of Back to the Future 1. Well, I feel like that's, I mean, that's Indiana Jones 5, right? Yes. That's the cycle that all of these franchises go in is we make a great one that blows people away. We just, we tend toward excess in two, three, yeah. four, whatever. We wait th- 10 years and then make one that's a return to form, air quotes. Yeah, I think the new Jurassic Park that's coming out is still going to have excess because I think we're too far into yeah. this series for that to not exist and it's dinosaurs. So it's going to be there. But there is something about them saying, come on back, Jeff. Come on back. Uh, you know, just just all of our OGs, all of the original yeah. people in the first one have never shared the screen again until now, right? It's, it's kind of this, uh, it, you feel like it would be a farewell, but you never know in Hollywood, but... That's how The Force Awakens was pitched too. Mm-hmm. We had this prequel trilogy that tended toward like being totally wild and out of control. And then now it's a return to form because Harrison Ford's back and grumpier than ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was great. What a great conversation that comes from. Uh, I love when we get to just talk about uh, not just the movie itself, but like the influence of, sure. of just that on everything. I wonder if it is a Spielberg thing. Because he did it be? have. Have you seen his his treatment for ET two? No, oh. it's terrible. Yeah, I'm bad sure. aliens. Bad aliens come and kidnap Elliot, and ET has to go rescue him. Very good. That just feels like the kid in in Spielberg, doesn't it? Of just like uh-huh. this, just like I, I, yeah, I had such a good time playing with my action figures last time. Let's make an even wilder story with. Yeah, him. let's do it again. See if it sticks. <clears throat> uh huh. Hard to fault the guy though when his first instincts are Private usually Ryan pretty too. good. Yeah. Yeah, when your first I made a good instincts joke about is about saving Private Ryan too. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's my bad. Saving, saving Private, Ryan, Private Ryan. Ryan. Saving Private Ryan as copy. Far, far <laughs> encounters. <laughs> Close encounters of the fourth kind. The f- is far. Close encounters. encounters is so good. By the way, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's, it's fantastic. It's been. It's been. It's one of the first sci-fi movies my decades? parents recommended to me. Yeah. My favorite thing about that movie is Spielberg approached John Williams and was like, hey, I would love you to write the score for, I would, I would love you to compose for this movie. And Williams said, Stephen, you need a better composer. I, I can't do this. You need somebody better. And Spielberg says, I know, but they're all dead. Oh, that's so good. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. That's crazy. Dang. Dang. Well, it's time to rate this movie. Wait, do you do this apparently, part on Patreon? Apparently, I've never been on live apparently. before. I love you, apparently, kid. I'm going to have to revisit that. Dude, <laughs> hey, have you... Hold on. I got one for you. Don't even trip. Yeah, don't send even us trip, that dog. TikTok. It's just send like, us that TikTok. I don't think I normally do this, but I can do it while you send it if you want me to. Yeah, I, th- I love mixing it up on a good Patreon. To rate this movie today, we're going to use science. The same kind of science that Doc Brown used to make a bad car fly and travel in time. Marty! I was doing that so much after watching the movie, practicing with just (laughs) saying Dude, your Doc Brown is so good. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. The best thing we could ever say about this movie, Back to the Future Part 2, is own it, don't lend it. Buy that that poster. The next best thing we could ever say is buy it. After that comes rent it. 
and then stream it. Mm-hmm. After that is forget it. And last and certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. Did I get them all right? You did. Yeah. Uh, oh my it, gosh. What's tough for me is I think I'm realizing if I have seen an entire franchise, I find that my scientific cinema scale has some influence on mm-hmm. the other the mm-hmm. other movie. So without seeing three, I'm I'm not going to say forget it. I'm not going to say forget it because I feel like there's going to be something because of them being filmed almost at the same time or at the same time. I don't know. It's a stream. It's definitely not a good movie to me. And while it has its moments of feeling like what Doge would describe as like a good B movie, it I can't argue that it does. It is not enough of whatever is quantifiable for me to have it be that considered to be a full experience of that. Sure. I think we get only tastes of it. Um, and it's more of a thing that I made the decision myself and said, you know what, I'm just going to view it this way. I don't yeah. think that's what they intended for me to do. But you I'm sort of have to cover that. up the gaps yeah. yourself. So, but it's yeah. a stream. It's a stream for me. Yeah. I think I'm going to stream it as well. If If I am sitting in a theater in November of 1989, I think I'm going to walk away and not be 100% sure that I will go see Back to the Future Part 3 in a couple of months when it comes out. Yeah. That's valid. Yeah. That's huge. Uh, it's a stream for me as well, simply because it requires so much legwork to get to the part where I enjoy it. Like, I have to, Absolutely. I have to do a lot of the walking myself. Um, I mean, even pacing-wise, it takes like 40 minutes for Biff to steal the DeLorean and go back to actually, that, I feel like that's the story you wanted to tell and had yeah. to go to 2015 because we're stuck at the end of the first movie. Yeah, because they, yeah, they have to spiral, like circle back and deal with the way that it ended without a sequel in mind. Yeah. There's no way people weren't going to be clamoring after the first movie. Sure. Yeah. To see them in the future like that. Yeah. So they had had. I feel like they had to do it. It's not one of those things that was. It's kind of up in the air if you should do a sequel. Yeah. Or you look later, five years later, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it, but I don't think you needed to. <laughs> right. There definitely right. needed to be a Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah, and I and I, and I think that like the vision of the future is fun. I really do like this. Like I enjoy watching this movie. It's just not good, but I enjoy it. Yeah. Right. You know. Totally. Man, it is a. Uh, it, this movie falls in that quality um, bullseye that is like the most impossible to talk about. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't want to overstate my like or dislike because I don't, I don't do either one especially strongly. Yeah. It's hard to talk about a movie that you feel incredibly medium about. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like I can never to- describe to you the best piece of toast that I've ever had. Texas Toast, maybe. Is Prince of Thieves closer to B-movie than Back to the Future 2? Or is that a whole different breed? Because that's a bad movie. It's a bad movie, but I think we have an anchor mm. in Alan Rickman. Well, we have I don't an anchor in Christopher Lloyd. I don't know that I feel but, that Christopher Lloyd is enough of an anchor for this, though. And I don't think Chris Lloyd is laughing at the movie. I don't think it's... I don't think right. his... his uh, Portrayal is <laughs> fueled yeah, by an act hate. Of rebellion. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what 
They're certainly not B-movies in terms of the way studios treated either of them. Certainly yeah. not. This was expensive. Did you see all that CG in 1989? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they, like, they are quality-wise about B-movie level for both of them. Like yeah, final yeah. product B-movie. They thought they were gonna. They thought they were shooting out an A, a triple A even, and yeah. they they shot out a B. I think the the measure, the measuring tool for how bad of a movie this is has been right in front of me the whole time. Like I think I got it instantly why this wasn't a let's all watch it together. Right. Right. Ooh. If it's if it's bad enough. To all watch together, it's because I want to experience you laughing mm-hmm, at this sure. with me. Prince of Thieves, neither of you have seen it. And so I'm like, okay, right. this needs to be the first experience. And on the opposite end, Ocean's Eleven, Doge was like, or Jordan's like, Doge, you should see this with me. Like, I, I we need to be here because I can almost guarantee something. Back to the Future 2, Part 2 is not a guarantee. I don't really know no. how you're going to feel about it. And I don't think it's going to be consistent. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I'm excited for three. I am too. I really, really am. Three is wacky. I've heard three is some people's favorite. It's is definitely it, not my crazy? favorite, but I do really like it. Okay. I'm excited for you to watch it, Carter. Although it's been, it's been a long time since I've watched it, so I'm afraid that I'm going to come back and be like, I didn't actually really like it. But I <laughs> remember like horribly. Really. It's incredibly problematic. Yeah, now. that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm worried about. But uh, in my memory, I really like three way more than two. So we'll see. Well, listeners, I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you for donating your minutes to us mm-hmm. and spending them here with us in this podcast space. As always, we feel completely undeserving and yet so very grateful that you've chosen to support us over on Patreon. It really, really means the world to us. And now, like we always do, to end our episodes, I want you to say your name. And, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's how it is. That's how it is. Is that, is that this is only like my 15th time to end an episode. And it takes me a little bit to think of them. Jordan's got the most episode ends, doesn't he? I think so, yeah. <laughs> sort of like, I don't know, some people just aren't built for it. <laughs> Why don't you suggest some? Suggest some. Give me options and I'll pick. You never do that for me. That doesn't feel fair. You don't ask me to. I don't need to. Dang, dude. Dang. That's so biff of me, dude. Boy Wonders on the track once more. So biff of me, dude. I can't stop. <laughs> Griffey. I want you to tell me your name and uh, your favorite invention from 2015 that we all definitely remember that's changed our lives into a Jets Nest utopia. They need to make a Back to the Future wine. And the whole thing is uh, you can really taste the Biff Tannins. You guys there? It's never been quieter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, man. I'm Doge. And my favorite thing from 2015 that I definitely remember and has changed my life is the Mr. Fusion. wine bar that I have in my house serving exclusively Back to the Future branded wines mm-hmm. where you can really taste the Biff Tannins. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm Carter and my favorite invention, guys, I looked up, like Time Magazine has the best inventions of 2015 and the first one they mentioned oh, wow. is the hoverboard scooter. 
the hoverboard scooter was invented in 2015. Was wow. it really? Yes. So maybe old part two was calling some maybe shots. Maybe this is a true story. There's also a sensor that sniffs gluten, which sounds like a horror story script. But I can smell your gluten. I can smell your gluten. I can smell it after the body's processed it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> There's a cat outside my window. Power pasta is a 2015 invention. What is power pasta? I mean, people, it's full of good things, you know? Wow. Scott, chickpeas and vegetables and vitamins and Yum. Pro, whey protein powder and a so Red that's Bull. your favorite invention? No, I think my favorite invention of 2015. Who are you? Jordan, and I think my favorite invention of 2015 is probably the the Michael Jackson waiter face computer screen that hovers oh, and yeah. gives me Pepsi. Those are incredibly cursed. I don't it was like really them. scary. Those are horrifying. <laughs> I was really scared. Carter, it was you look total like you're recall. An anonymous interview about oh, yeah. a crime that happened to you right now. And one of the scariest things that happened was... One of the scariest things that happened... Oh, that's good. Was the Michael Jackson face. <laughs> the Michael Jackson... No, now I just sound like... Uh, <laughs> someone from SpongeBob or something. <laughs> oh, Michael Jackson When I got to the restaurant and they took my order, I was frightened. <laughs> that's really good. It's so... It's saw. Hmm. Ooh. Let's watch Back to the Future Part 2. Yeah, I dig it. It looks like you're brushing your teeth at a friend's house when you forgot to bring your toothbrush. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stripe Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. 